Hello and welcome to Desert Island Cheese. I'm David. And I'm Max. And uh, yeah, this is the podcast about cheese. Um, it's a lot like Desert Island Discs, if you've ever listened to that. Um, you're stuck on a desert island, you've got five cheeses. What are they and why? Today we're joined by Luke. Hi. I guess you're, I guess I know you've uh, pub quiz mostly. Um, yep. You are a sometimes chromosteric reflex team yep. member. And sometimes, when you guys will have me. Sometimes a uh, foe playing for yeah. in a no line. Back in the days of pub quizzes, when pub quizzes were a thing. <laughs> pub quizzes. Yeah, so I think we kind of always kick off with, with kind of starting with our first cheese. So um, sure. see where we well, go from let's... there. So, so what, what, what do you want to kick off with, Luke? Okay, well, my first cheese, uh, it's not. It's probably one that you'll have heard of before. Um, it's Stilton. So I, I feel my dad would probably disown me if I didn't mention Stilton because, I mean, to him, oh, good timing. One sec. Your laundry comes through an app every day, every every week. Every week, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, although I'm moving into a place with uh, with my own washer dryer, and oh. uh, I'm actually going to start doing that myself now. It's it's a separate dryer. That's that's the key. Yeah. So so going to start off with Stilton, which um, yeah, my uh, my father would disown me if we if I didn't mention that because to him basically a a, a quality cheese platter is a round of Stilton. Mm-hmm. then some cream crackers and maybe some grapes. That's it. Cool. Cheese. Just, just Cheese course sorted. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you get your Stilton from then? Um, I live right around the corner from the fromagerie in, on Marylebone High Street. So um, the, all the cheeses are from there. Um, and it's Colston Bassett, which uh, is like how my mum's decided she's just going to refer to it. She doesn't call it Stilton anymore. It's just <laughs> Colston Bassett. <laughs> I don't know why, but, uh, but yeah. So is there still something in Northern? Are you, are you Northern? I've, I've seen mm. you're not. No. Mm. I'm from the just Midlands. A, mm-hmm. Just a love of Stilton thing. Yeah. Because we've had people yeah, on before just... who've brought, brought um, fruitcake with Stilton. Mm. It's obviously a big thing in like, for some people. Mm-hmm. For, my, for my dad, the, the main accompaniment with it is port. Mm. Oh, the two are sort of interchangeable. Um, when I was at school, I actually tried to, um, with my friends, uh, Will and Constantine, we tried to start a Port and Stilton Society at my uh, school, at rugby school, but they were a little, <laughs> they didn't think that was something appropriate for a, a high school to have. At what age? Weird. Um, well, they were 16 and I was 14 because I was a bit advanced. They, they, they had questions about whether it was appropriate for a 14-year-old and 16-year-old. It sounds no, but, as... Wait. Sorry, that's a complete lie. I, I was 16, they were 18. Oh, it's probably fine. So, it's fine. It's, yeah, it's, it's getting more appropriate. Definitely. It is good. And I do, I do agree with your dad. Well, I didn't completely agree with your dad. I think you need, you need a mix, but it definitely yeah. would. I've learned to appreciate a mix so, over the years. But... Mm. I mean, you don't really should have still on a cheese board. Yeah. Agreed. Sometimes I mix it up with St- Stitchelton to, to, you know, sound really fancy. But... You know, ultimately, I, I can't really tell the difference, to be honest. I don't think I've had that one. I think one's pasteurised, one's not, and that's about ah. the difference. So mm-hmm. that's not textbook. It's not definitely true. But. Mm-hmm. So you've talked about, sorry, I'm going to finish my mouth full of cheese before. Sure. <laughs> then I'll, I'll start my mouth full while you're, or maybe I should keep talking until you're, you're finished. So it's not just eating noises. But We can cut out the dead air at the end, you see. So it's, it's mm. All right, we fell it with nice, nice tunes. So you mentioned your um, your dad being big into his cheese boards. Yep. Um, are you kind of a? Would you say you come from a big kind of cheese family? Did you, is there a point when you can point at as like first realizing you really really like cheese? Well, my, to be to be honest, my mum's not the most exciting um, food wise in general. Um, mm-hmm. Her favourite cheese is double Gloucester, which unfortunately didn't make it onto the list today. To be honest. That's not going with me to the desert island. Um, <laughs> she um, she actually grew up as a, a celiac, can't eat gluten in Britain in the seventies, which was quite oh, tough. And basically, she, she learned to eat potatoes, and that's about it. Um, 
and she doesn't she's not really into strongly flavored things in general mm-hmm. um where i'm i'm the opposite basically like my favorite fruit is pineapple i love very very spicy curries and like m- most of these cheeses are not going to be on the subtle end of the spectrum there's no mozzarella here or anything like that uh so so uh i, I like i like things gutsy and yeah my dad is very into that um and mm-hmm. i i just grew up thinking that stilton was the only cheese that that needed to be in the world um <laughs> and slowly over time i've, that is, I've yeah learned. that's quite unusual i guess most people <laughs> just say cheddar cheddar is <laughs> most people's you know starting cheese yeah Cool. I'd certainly heard of cheddar. Right? I knew it existed. I'd good. put it in a baked potato or something. But um, but like after a meal as a cheese course, I grew up with Stilton. And yeah, I think that just instilled it into me as like it was a it was a party thing. It was like a proper way to end a celebratory evening was having uh, cheese. Um, huge part of Christmas. So I think that's where it got into my head. It's kind of surprising when we talk to people about this stuff, how many people have kind of similar, like, it's definitely like something that people pull into like that kind of emotional mm-hmm. view of things, don't they? Like yeah. So many people have that kind of, yeah. And while we didn't childhood, start the- Childhood Port- feelings about it. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, I was just saying, while we didn't start the Bolton Stilton Society at, at Rugby, we did start the Cheese Society and uh, had quite a few oh, different wow. cheeses there. So. So really, it's that was even more even more apt that you're on the show. Yeah, yeah, so indeed, <laughs> qualified guest. Finally, uh, years later, finally being recognised for my uh, <laughs> service to cheese. Are you drinking? What are you drinking with your cheese today? Then, um, so not port today. Um, just uh, I'm so I'm actually gone quite light on the cheese board front. I normally um, would have you know, like some quince and some uh, nuts and maybe some like truffled honey or, or stuff like that. But so I'm moving house next week. Um, actually just moving right around the corner, about 10 minutes walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> because of that, I decided to go a little light. And so it's just cheese and biscuits. And uh, yeah, have a Rioja because I like my wine, like I like my food, you know, full of flavour. <laughs> So uh, what are you what are you guys drinking with the? Uh, with I'm your drinking uh, Shiraz. Nice. Sorry. I'm I'm being wrong and having beer, Elvis juice, which is good, mm. but it's not. It's not definitely yeah. not correct, is it? I've I've started accepting that beer is an appropriate uh, accompaniment to steak, but mm. I'm, I'm I'm still not ready for beer and cheese. <laughs> Should we crack on the next cheese? Let's go next cheese. Okay, so which one was next? I think it's the Tunworth. So my, my second cheese is Tunworth, which is a great soft cheese. Not a huge soft cheese fan, but Tunworth is probably my favourite. I feel like if I'm never going to have any more cheese options after mm. this, then I should probably have at least one soft option. That's true. Yeah. I've, never, I've never heard of this before. Right. Um, which is surprising because the cheese shop I went into had like tons of it. Yeah, um, it's, it's just really yeah, it's really really nice. sitting in huge stacks. Yeah, unfortunately, the Sainsbury's I went into didn't have any of it. <laughs> so you're gonna have to describe it to me. I'm not the best at describing flavors and, and, and things, so so maybe I'll, I'll let Max. Uh... So I guess it's kind yeah. of it's, it's very creamy. It's kind mm-hmm. of got a little bit of like a camembert kind of ta- twang twang tang to it. Yeah. Um, but also kind of, I'd say like, maybe like slightly sweet. Yeah. It's also weirdly, and I'm not sure, quite sure why, got a very sticky rind. Um, kind of yeah. Oh yeah, no, mine also has a sticky rind. But yeah, it's really good. Um, mm. Perhaps better than camembert. Better yep. than camembert. Better than your kind of average camembert, at least. Yeah, I mean. I guess, I guess the thing here is I'm, I'm comparing like, supermarket, supermarket cheese to what is like really quite nice cheese. Yeah. Because I've been to a Yeah, I imagine if I'd got some camembert or maybe even some double Gloucester from uh, the fromagerie, then I'd be like, wow, that's amazing. We had, we had a really nice red Leicester on. I think oh, wow. I've got a really nice red Leicester on. 
which obviously is, in my opinion, basically the same cheese as Double Gloucester, I think. Yeah, in my mind, they're, they're in the same box. <laughs> um, yeah. But that was really good because that was like aged and was like kind of um, crunchy at the edge almost. That was really good. Oh, wow, nice. Max is looking like he doesn't remember that at all. No, I do. I was, it was more of a reminiscing look, but no. Okay. <laughs> when, I, um, when I moved into my uh, first apartment in New York, um, I went to the local grocery store to get some celebratory things. And I got what I thought was a bottle of wine. Um, but it turns out that because it's a grocery store in New York City, it's not allowed to sell wine. Um, so it turned out what it was called was something, something called wine product. And it was basically about the alcoholic strength of beer, but made from grapes. And possibly the worst experience of my life was uh, drinking that wine product. And, and in my mind, what Double Gloucester from Sainsbury's is, is cheese product. Like, yeah. It certainly has a lot of the things that make you think, oh, this is a cheese, but then you eat it and no. That kind of rubberiness. Rubberiness and yeah. not a huge amount of taste. Yeah. Definitely. How I long were you living in New York for then? Hmm. This, happened, this isn't your first time, I imagine. Um, I, uh, yeah, I actually spent about eight years in total in America. I uh, lived in lived in New York for about two and a half to three of those years. Oh, cool. That's uh, a great city. For a long time, I really wanted to move back. Um, oh, really? But it's just in the last few years that, that London has started to really uh, ease ahead of New York as where I'd most like to live, which is convenient because I do live here. For what reasons? For what reasons? Mm, do I prefer London now? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've gotten, in the last few years, I've gotten a, a really good group of friends who I've just, like, mm -hmm. become very, very close to. Um, also moved to Marlborough, which is a neighbourhood which really suits me. I know someone um, buying a house in Marlborough. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, Great part of town. Can yeah. strongly recommend. I'm, I'm, so I'm moving from just off the high street to just on the high street. Um, oh, nice. Um, the main reason I'm moving is um, because I don't want to live in a basement anymore, but also I want a dishwasher. I really want a dishwasher. I think a dishwasher is like the biggest quality of life increase you can... Yeah. When, when, I, when I moved into this place, I had decided that the one red line I wasn't willing to cross was I had to have a dishwasher. And I came and looked and there was an appliance under the sink and I thought, well, that's obviously a dishwasher. And so I took the place and then when I arrived, I found out it was a washer dryer which is essentially oh. a washer um, that doesn't really dry things. So that was very disappointing. And two years in, I've decided enough is enough. How would you say the, uh, the cheese scenes compare from London to New York then? <laughs> which, which has the edge? Um, so my, my girlfriend is American. I might offend her here, but I'd say that America is not necessarily the best country in the world at cheese. Um, it might be like beer uh, was let's say 20 years ago where everyone just made fun of American beer because it, all you knew of was yeah. the rubbish that they would sell over here. Um, and now America's like a, a leader in, uh, in craft beer. And maybe it's the same with cheese. Yeah, so we've had Americans on, we had an American on before, mm -hmm. John. Um, yeah. I think he basically agreed that like the supermarket, the supermarket cheese there is like much worse, much, much, oh, yeah. much worse, but actually yeah that kind of craft thing does, does exist mm -hmm. if you kind of are willing to look for it and care yeah kind of care yeah. about it but yeah they also have some funny laws about not importing unpasteurized cheese as well yeah indeed and you can get by with pasteurized cheese but it's, it's not it's good, good though is it yeah, yeah it's not oh. um mm. yeah interesting i feel like it's worth the risk of what i don't know the risk yeah, it's funny because America's a very this is a massive tangent but America's a very like obviously like free individual freedoms liberal things but then when it comes to food safety like they're just so so stamping down on like when you say that they've, they've also got their chlorinated chicken which uh yeah that's recently mm. so yeah okay got a pasture I mean I guess that may uh count as like as hardlining uh Clean, yeah. cleanliness but yeah I think I just, except everyone um, else everyone else manages without it yeah 
And uh, yeah, I've, I've absolutely no idea what goes wrong if you eat unpasteurized cheese, but uh, you can't have it if you're pregnant. Luckily yes, not, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, not pregnant here either. <laughs> I've let myself go a little bit over lockdown, but still. Before I moved to New York, actually, the, the first place I lived in the States was Memphis, Memphis, Tennessee, in the deep south. And uh, oh, cool. supermarket cheese in Memphis, Tennessee is not good. I'm just going to go ahead. I, if you're thinking of going to Memphis just to eat some cheese in the supermarket, I, I wouldn't bother. What took you to Memphis? Uh, my PhD. Oh, okay. I had a great PhD supervisor who was at the university there. Not the place I've most enjoyed living, to be honest. It wasn't for me. But, but I imagine they must have good food. Have there was, South, South oh, there was so much good food. Yeah. Yeah. The, like, it's the only big city uh, around it for, I don't know, for days of driving. Um, and so anyone who's even vaguely good at cooking just gravitates on Memphis. And like, whatever price point you want to pay, whatever kind of food you want to have, you're going to find spectacular food there. Hmm. And the music, the music is great. Like the blues and uh, soul music and jazz, rock, like you name it. <clears throat> Memphis is great for music. It's great for food. Um, but it's not really great for quality of life. And let's say racial equality is not necessarily the best there. On the topic of lockdown, lockdown was mentioned. Um, how has your, your lockdown been? Uh, how have you, you eaten a lot of cheese during lockdown? I mean, a fair amount, yeah. Yeah, living right next to the fromagerie and not having anything to do all day, is, it's not a, a great combination if you're looking to avoid cheese. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I've, I've actually, I mean, uh, you know, apart from, like, the huge emotional turmoil on the world and health turmoil like lockdown has been pretty good to me actually I've been working from home which suits me a lot lot bit more a lot lot better than um, working from an office it turns out I thought it was going to be the opposite I, I, I've, I've always considered myself um, to be a well I did out well I think What's called where you, uh, an extrovert, there we go. Mm -hmm. I've always considered myself to be an extrovert, um, but it turns out that I really don't need people around me to be happy. I'm sort of an omnivert. Like when I'm around people, I, I like I like that. And when I'm not, it's fine too. Um, and I, I miss socializing with my workmates a lot, but I don't really miss being in the office. Does that make sense? Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's, I've, I've spent a lot of the time learning Italian, because I love Italy. Um, and I've also uh, been learning the piano and just, and I met my girlfriend during lockdown, which is not the easiest time to meet someone, but. No, how was, how was, how was the dating thing in lockdown? Was that? I mean, it started with uh, socially distanced dates. Uh -huh. We would uh, meet up in London and uh, walk her dog, Maggie, who's lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, then eventually we decided that, uh, it's, it's very different to dating pre-lockdown where basically as soon as you wanted to actually sit across a table from someone, that was the point at which you had to become exclusive. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, that's not how dating tends to work these days. So I'm told. I've been talking um, to a, a friend who's been trying to use Tinder in lockdown. Apparently the worst thing is yeah. like, the bit where you have to like say goodbye like if you're going for a walk for a date that's fine but there's like this awkward bit where you have to decide whether you're going to like wave or like yeah waving at the <laughs> end of the date does feel yeah. a little bit nerdy it's strange isn't it because you, you you'd normally yeah. like hug at the very least right yeah agree. This, but you obviously can't do that yeah like the, the, the pre-lockdown there weren't many <laughs> dates that ended with uh you know, fist bumping, I guess, elbow bumping, <laughs> or uh, or waving, but um, you have to adapt. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure, I'm Generally, sure, I'm, I'm sure you've all been very obedient, but I also suspect there's been a lot of dates during lockdown which haven't ended with fist bumping or elbow bumping. Or, or, or awkward that's, waving. Or, or that's waving. possible, yes. I've been in walks yeah. sometimes where, you know... <laughs> that sounded you might more... occasionally have <laughs> held hands. So just to say, I also play piano and did 
well, I tried. I used to try to learn Italian. I've given up on it now. But uh, yeah, I, I got uh, so I at the start of last year, um, start of twenty twenty, I uh, set myself a whole bunch of uh, New Year's resolutions. But instead of doing it the way ordinary people do, where you just come up with a list of things, you then think about doing them for a bit of January. And then you forget all about it. I, I did it a different way, which is that I published them all on Twitter and let everyone I know know that they were there and that I was keep doing updates on them. And they were all like smart goals. It was really, it was really interesting you, kind of watching you tick them off. And it was a real shame that yeah. kind of coronavirus somewhat thwarted yeah, most, most of them. Not quite yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, like if, if the worst thing that happened to me because of coronavirus was that no. I wasn't able to fulfill the goals that I put on Twitter, then I'm probably doing better than many people. But, but yes, uh, I'd say a good third of them just became impossible because of uh, COVID and some became harder. But the learning Italian and the um, learning to play the piano actually became easier. Really. Yeah. Cool. Time I would have been spent commuting, I could spend doing that. What style of piano are you playing? Since I essentially live in a shoebox just off um, Marlborough High Street, it's an electric piano. Um, but it's so good. I'm, it's ni- nice and touch sensitive and stuff. I meant what, what style of music, like classical. Oh, I see. Yeah, Got you. Um, pop. Yeah. Um, I mean, I play a lot of Scott Joplin. That's my, oh. my favorite. Uh, composer uh, mainly classical um i'm thinking of trying to get into uh also playing a bit of pop pop, pop rock um i, I quite enjoy singing I'm, I'm, I'm a huge karaoke fiend um and the thought of combining the singing and the piano seems seems like it could be fun i kind of vaguely remember your duets do you duets with yourself during lockdown which were really impressive I, yeah i did uh, they did were really good duet of, did a duet of um a Muse song, and also I was randomly asked to be involved in a uh, fake Eurovision song contest where we were given countries and had to do a um, a song connected to that country in some way. I got Bulgaria, and I listened to um, Bulgaria's what would have been Bulgaria's actual Eurovision entry from last year, which is called "Tears Getting Sober" by Victoria. You probably don't know it. Um, but it was banging tune, so I decided to just actually record that as a duet with myself on uh, Smule, and uh, very, very proud of how it went out. Yeah, I mean, they were I came last in the, in the competition. But... Oh, really? Well, that's shocking. Political yeah. notes, I'm sure. Exactly. I, I think just people <laughs> don't have any taste. That's the main problem. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what about your um, 2021 goals? Mm-hmm. Have you set similar similar things this year? I have, yeah. I've just done it for the first half of the year because we just have no idea what society will consist of in June. So, uh, so I think that's a bit safer than, than doing it for the whole year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so one of them last year was to complete Duolingo Italian. And I got about 90% of the way. And going. this year, uh, the plan is to actually finish that and then read a novel in Italian. Oh, nice. That's a good goal. Yep. My, my goal is to be able to go to Italy and just have conversations with Italians in Italian. But uh, since that's not really uh, feasible at the moment. Yeah. No. Are there, are, there any, are there any food and drink goals this year? Or is it just, or, or are they uh, mostly Italian and, and book-based ones? So one which became impossible last year was to... Um, cook 20 uh, three-course meals for um, five, uh, for six people, including myself, um, introducing people who didn't know each other. Um, and that, yeah, that was illegal, so mm-hmm. I didn't do that. Um, I did it twice, and they were excellent. Um, and, yeah, I've pulled that back to cooking um, at least two-course meals um, of dishes I've never made. Uh, for me and my girlfriend. Um, and I've, I've become quite into a service called Banquist. I don't know if you know it. Um, know. It's basically uh, Michelin sh- uh, star chefs um, c- give recipes and all the ingredients that you need are packaged together. Mm-hmm. And then there's a video on YouTube of them cooking and explaining what you need to do. And oh, that's good. 
And also an instruction card, and you sort of follow along. It's like a high-end version of HelloFresh, where you're learning exactly. new, stuff, yeah. new, new skills. That's cool. Yeah, and so I've been, been doing, uh, done three of those already this year, because I'm very into it. Okay, we I haven't had any cheese in ages, because I didn't have any time left, so I think we should move <laughs> on. To the third yeah, probably time. So I think the third will be Gruyere. Excellent. So this is mainly here because of how good it is melted, but uh, I didn't melt it. So uh, just having it as a cheese. My problem now is that I, cut, I, I pre-cut the cheese and the Gruyere looks exactly the same as one of your other. Yes. <laughs> I, I other had cheeses. to have a, have a quick, guess. Uh, sniff test to work out which one was which. Uh, is your cheese knowledge good enough, Max? I think I've got it right. I'm pretty sure I've got it right. So why Gruyere? I mean, yeah, Gruyere, as I say, I mainly because it is a great, great cheese to melt. Mm -hmm. um, and I love to cook, as I, as I said. My girlfriend um, often thinks that it might be okay for me to go with a little bit of a simpler dish. Um, I, sometime, there was this one time where I decided I was going to cook breakfast and she was like, oh, great. We could just have like a grilled cheese or something. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> um, so I, I got this uh, recipe from um, Gordon Ramsay online. Uh, I saw a YouTube video for making it and I just thought that looked amazing. And it's basically, um, you take a croissant, a like, day old croissant mm -hmm. um, that's a little bit stale uh, and you... Um, cut the top off of it. You then pull your fingers in and, and hollow it out. And uh, you fry up some, let me try to remember. I think you fry up some chorizo with some capers. Um, you then stuff that inside, like lay a whole bunch of gruyere on top and then shove that under the grill. And then you also shove the, the caps of the croissants that you cut out. Um, <coughs> you put them under the grill as well and then put them on top um, and it was just absolutely delicious um, but she says that my um, my my main um, chef I've totally gone blank, the chef who uh, who most you. affected yes, my chef inspiration, mm -hmm. that's the word yeah, mm -hmm. good um, yeah she says my uh, my main chef inspiration is the um, Swedish chef from the Muppets because <laughs> basically once um, once I'm done in the kitchen, uh, like every single pan has been used. There's sauce on the wall. Um, some of the pans have been burnt beyond recognition. Um, but I think usually the food ends up tasting okay. So hopefully it's worth it. And you cook. I feel like you're understanding yourself there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I've never had a pretty great. I suspect it's good. Yeah, exactly. I, no, I mean, when I eat it, I think it's absolutely delicious. And I, I will always tell everyone, oh, this food I cooked is delicious. Mm -hmm. uh, that way they don't need to judge it for themselves. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, anyway, the, the Gruyere is really good melting it, but it's also pretty good. It's also just, pretty good by itself. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's pretty good. I think it's, I think I've mainly had it on like skiing holidays in like mm -hmm. the Alps and like Tartar, yep. things like that. Cheese and toast on top of a French onion soup. It's good. Juice. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a French onion soup is something I first discovered about in Memphis actually. That's oh, really? One of my food discoveries there. Mm. I hadn't been to the Alps until last year. It's my first time out there, which is actually in late February which was maybe not the best time to go on a skiing holiday, it turned out, but... Um. Yeah, no, I think we, we went there, like... We went to, in fact, we went to northern Italy, like, two weeks before everyone in northern Italy got ill, which I'm very right. glad we did, because, you know... Really? Did you? Yeah, our skiing trip was end of... mid-February, mid-February. Okay. I think. And everyone started getting ill kind of March, didn't they? Yeah, mine was late February. And mm. I think two weeks later, we went to Alpes mm -hmm. I think two weeks later, it was closed. Oh, wow. And at least one person on our trip had COVID a oh, week really later. Well. 
And I had a cough and a fever. I don't know if it was COVID, but... But potentially um, patient zero in the UK. So, um, is that Alan Cheese? Oh, oh sorry. I wasn't. I was going to ask another question. Another oh, sorry. Question. No, go for another Basically, question. So, so did you have any like? So obviously, good cheese choices. Did you? Were you thinking about like? Um, any overall strategy for the five cheeses you wanted, or did you basically just pick your five favorite cheeses? So you're on a desert island, I mean, growing cheeses. To be honest, Tunworth would not be in my list if I was just picking my five favorite cheeses. I just felt okay. I had to have a soft cheese, and it's yeah. my favorite soft cheese. I probably, I mean, this is a bit of a spoiler for what's coming, but I probably would have put cheddar in, and it's not in the list. Um, but it is a great cheese. Cheddar. There's, a, there's a reason it's the most used cheese in the world. Yes. And part of that is because it's good. Part of it was because the different cheeses just connect to different parts of my life. And, no. Yeah, that's great. There were sort of links there. Um, and partly I went into the cheese shop and thought what looked good. Do we so, we have a so how long have you guys been loving cheese? So I don't do know this. if I'm allowed to ask you. We've been doing this for yeah. five, five years, years now. There's, there's, this is the tenth episode, and it's been going five years. So I actually did maths at school, and I was quite good at it. So <laughs> I'm going to say it's about one every six months on average. Yeah, but oh, not right. very, not very um, consistently. One every not six prolific. months, right? Mm. It's a bit clumpy. Um, I think actually the, the the idea for this came up on a skiing trip. On a skiing trip. Um, yeah. So we are basically we're on a coach journey to a skiing trip, and those coach journeys are quite long. So we just asked the question of what five cheeses would you have stuck in a desert island? Like, and then we argued for about it for about three hours, and we were like, <laughs> we can make this into a podcast. Except I remember initially you wanted to distrib- distribute it on CDs to people. <laughs> yeah, I did. In fairness, I didn't actually think it was ever going to happen. Uh, and I didn't realise you could just upload any podcasts you wanted onto podcast things, so... I think wouldn't actually consider myself like a massive, massive cheese fan, but I really like the kind of yeah. podcast thing and the thing around eating cheese and talking about it. Yeah, well, well, as I say, I was I, I formed the cheese society at rugby school, but mm. um, but then uh, eight years in America sort of pulled me away from that a little bit, but I still think of it as a big celebration thing. The the first of the uh, of the dinner for sixes that I did last year, the final course was a cheese course. Um, the main reason for that was um, this fantastic guy that I used to work with called Julian. Um, and he uh, is like one of the form, and he would be very offended if I said he was one of the foremost experts. He's the foremost expert on vintage port. Um, nice. And I knew because he was coming, he was probably gonna bring port. So I made three courses that would go well with port. Um, and so we had steak and we had a uh, fantastic cheese course. Um, and it was a great, great night. Mm. A lot of fun had by all. Cool. Okay. So uh, I think we're going to play Desert Island Cheese now. So the, basically this show is... Um, Honestly, the show, we're only running it because of the pun. The show, it's, the, the game, the game itself isn't actually that fun. But however, we're going to name 10 things to you and you have to say whether you think it's a dessert, an island or a cheese. Um, nice. Love it. So you've said you're a big pub quizzer, so I'm expecting yep. questions. Yeah. I'd be very disappointed to get less than eight. I can't remember what our high score is, but I think eight probably would be, if not. But eight would definitely be the high score. Good to know. I, I always set my goals high, there are but I try to have lots of them, like so I'll get a few. <laughs> I'm ready. Should we kick off with number one? Yeah. Good place number to start. one is Bortsog. Bortsog, sorry. Bortsog. R-T-S-O-G. Was that double uh, O at the start? That's a double O at the start. Is it a dessert, an island, or a cheese? I'm going to guess that that one is a cheese. Bad luck. That is a dessert. It's a oh, fried dough 
made in Central Asia, Mongolia, and the Middle East. Sounds yummy. The second one is Citra, S-I-T-R-A. Okay, I feel that one. That's really got the feel of an island. Now you guess. Yep. Correct. It is an island. It's an island in Bahrain. <laughs> Boom. Good answer. So number three mm-hmm. is Susu Masam. S U S U M A S A M. Susu Masam. Island or cheese? Okay, I'm going to plump with dessert. No, sorry, that's a cheese. Um, it's a oh. rare delicacy, apparently rare, made from mm-hmm. fermented buffalo milk, and it's from Malaysia. Mm. Yep. Okay, question four is, uh, oh, man. G-J-I-Z-E. Yeah. Do you want to try pronouncing that one more time? No. Someone okay, else. probably then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am going to guess that Kajize is that is an island. It's not. It's a whey yeah. cheese. It's very similar to curd or cottage cheese. Oh, no. Can't stand cottage cheese. So number five is Dimsy. D-I-M-S-I. Is that island or cheese? Mm, Dimsy is an island. It's not, no. It's a smoked cheese from Zagreb. <laughs> right. Zagreb? I think we're tough, tough game, I think I think rugby school are gonna rip away my uh, <laughs> cheese society founding at this point. So six is four from two Mac. How's that how's that spell? F-O-R-K-O-N-T-U-M-A-C. Welcome to Mac. Dessert. It's not. It's an island in the Danube. In the uh, love the Danube. Mm-hmm. Number seven is Sandesh. Sandesh, a dessert, an island or a cheese. S-A-N-S-H. That one's definitely a dessert. Correct. Ooh. It is a dessert. It is from Bengal, the Bengal region of India, and it is made with milk and sugar. Did you know that because you'd have it? No, I just made it up. Okay. I had no idea whatsoever. <laughs> the, uh, <coughs> confidence. the confidence. Yeah, just got a great poke face. Well placed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, eight is Tarasari. T-A-R-A. S-A-R-I. Tarasari is a cheese. It's not. It's a, it's a bull-shaped sweet made from sugar from Nepal. Mm, sounds rubbish. No, it really does sound rubbish. It sounds like an aniseed board, except without the bit of aniseed. It does. Yeah. Right. But, you aniseed boards are great. <laughs> Um, Are they desserts, Dave? But never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's for, for a different I think we're, we're taking podcast. a wide view of desserts here, which includes like sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, question nine is Kazara. K O Z A R A. Kazara. Island. Correct. That's another river island on the Danube. Oh, nice. Cool. Who knew okay. there were so many? And finally, number 10. Lappy. L A double P I. Yep. I feel I've heard of that, which is going to make it more embarrassing when I get it wrong. But let's say it's a cheese. It is a cheese. It's a finished right. cheese similar to Emmental. Right. I feel like that's the only one I've heard of as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I thought it was a finished town, which maybe it is. Uh, it kind of sounds finished as a word, doesn't it? As well. Yeah. A lot of a lot of cheeses share their names with towns. I think you, you pulled it back there. I think you got four out of ten, which, honestly, yeah. I think the highest anyone's ever got is six. So four is right. respectable. Four um, is more than the average. As I, as I say, maths guy, average is three and a third. So better than that. Indeed. Uh, Not much yeah. better. Well, um, yeah. It's a surprisingly tough game. There's a lot of cheeses that sound like mm-hmm. islands and a lot of islands that sound like desserts. 
Yeah, you pick the ones that sound like desserts. Yeah, we've we've started making it incredibly hard, so uh, we can't make it easier now because it'll be unfair to the people before. Agreed. Yeah, you've Um, you've got to be fair. But good answering. Um, Thanks. We've had contestants before who take like three minutes to make up their mind. (laughs) No, (laughs) I didn't. I didn't think that would be a great use of anyone's time. Really. (laughs) I mean. So there's a question as to whether any of this is a good use of anyone's time, but we're here. Well, there is that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we've got, oh, we've got two cheeses left. Sorry. We do. It's because I didn't buy one of the cheeses because I know I don't like eating it by itself. Ah, well, that may be the next cheese, I'm guessing. It might be. Yeah. Yeah. So the okay, next go cheese, going, going along with my love of Italy, is Parmesan. And I do like eating it by itself. It, it's mainly there because it's great as an ingredient. Right. I know. Completely carbonara, the, the magic that somehow happens when you combine carbonara, eggs, and bacon is amazing. Um, but I, lo- I love it as a cheese itself. Um, so I, um, my, my first post-op after I left Memphis was um, being a a junior research fellow at Trinity College in Cambridge. Mm -hmm. Um, And there we have these uh, amazing feasts where all the fellows get dressed up in black tie. Um, And if it's a special feast from just one of the, you know, ordinary feasts, uh, we get to wear scarlet, which means we can put on our um, academical gowns from the university where we did our PhD. Um, but the Memphis gown is awful and it has a zip. And it just didn't, didn't feel appropriate. As well. Yeah, mm. didn't feel right. It was wrong for so, a gown, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, we, we shouldn't judge how other cultures do things, but that's wrong. <laughs> uh, so um, anyway, um, and um, they would often have a, well, they would always have a cheese course as part of the feast. Um, and the chef, when I was there, decided to get a bit controversial sometimes with his cheese course choices, which doesn't necessarily play well with the fellows of Trinity College Cambridge. Because, I mean, there's a very wide, varied group of people there, but as a whole, they're not entirely in favor of change, let's say. Mm -hmm. And um, this one time the cheese course was just a gigantic block of Parmesan per person served with a slice of pear and a bit of honeycomb. And that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people turn their nose up at it, but I love Parmesan, so. That is a really bold choice. It reminds me a lot of um, Italy. Yeah. We went on a skiing holiday in Italy and it was all catered. Yeah. Um, but like, I think one of the main course choices was just a cheese course. And there was, hey, there was a lot of cheese, but there was just like a big chunk of Parmesan as well. Mm-hmm. People can't see on the podcast when we hold up our hands to the cameras. Oh, that's true. But like, yeah. roughly like, was, was it like this? Size, a, rough, a rough triangle of, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a bold choice. Um, mm. But, yeah. when you say the fellows of Trinity are generally not in favour of change. <laughs> I, there's, a, there's a lot of cliches that are, that are at least vaguely true, and uh, that one might be one of them, I'll say. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. No, I like, I'm, I am, I have to say, I have to say, I am disappointed in my co-host. Um, <laughs> a, for not liking being Parmesan on its own, but B... Just buy a block of parmesan and you can have it on other stuff. No, I mean, yeah. I, I probably should have done that. Um, you could have cut a little slice and then I should have, like, I should, mm, I should yeah, have done yeah. just yeah. for... Just this for is cook. exactly how I remember it being by itself. Mm, yeah, no, that would have been the right thing to do. Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. just be a better person from now on. Yeah, no, I'll try my best. <laughs> 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 but yeah, no, I love it. It's nutty and, uh, I mean, very cheesy. Mm. As I say, I'm like, not one who likes subtle tastes. So I feel like I've got the Sainsbury's Parmesan, which is which is pretty good, but it's not <laughs> like um, it's not it's not as good as you know. Like I'm sure the, the Parmesan you're having is probably a lot better. Like I mean, I've, I've eaten a lot food. of Sainsbury's Parmesan in my in my time. <laughs> like, as I say, I went to uh, rugby school and Trinity College, so you're probably getting the idea. I'm not entirely you know down with the people, but you know. <laughs> There's been a, a, a lot of years where my, my um, 
my cheese choices did come from supermarkets and uh and yep i've i've eaten sainsbury's and tesco parmesan and uh it's still good it's still parmesan yeah your parmesan from sainsbury's exactly Um, that's 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 how you know um no it's great cheese Mm. and i think it is just like well, it's just it's just good it's just good on any like pasta dish basically mm-hmm. it's always a good thing to have around to put on like, yeah kind of thing i think my problem yeah, with just... it by itself is it's just too salty it's too salty for me by itself it is pretty salty <clears throat> i'm not someone who pretty much ever adds salt to dishes oh, really? um, which is another complaint my girlfriend has about my cooking to be honest but mm. i mean in general americans feel that about british people they don't have enough salt British people think that Americans add too much salt. So I think this is like so. This is maybe like historically true, but it's definitely like more. Um, so there's been a big health drive in the UK to reduce salt intake in the last mm-hmm. two decades or so, and it's had yep. like a big impact and reduced like reduced heart deaths, heart related deaths, um, and which is why like even if you go to Europe, like all the food tastes really salty, it's because we're just not used to it. But also, I think it's really good because we just reduce our salt intake. Things still basically taste the same to us. It's just when mm-hmm. other people eat it, because they're used to a much higher level of salt, they can't taste yeah. it. Like you just become accustomed to a much lower level of salt. It means yeah. if you want to add salt to salt stuff, it becomes really tasty. And we don't have so many heart attacks. Yeah, but that's the thing is I do like very salty ingredients like parmesan and bacon and um like I like naturally salty things, I just don't tend to add any myself. So we're, we're established that you're on a desert island, five different cheeses. It's all yes. concrete, except for like biscuits and stuff. We're not, we're not even. Sure. Um, once, you've, once you've kind of run out of cheese, how do you see the situation playing out on your desert or, island? Or before you've run out of cheese. Or before you've run out of cheese. Mm-hmm. Like, like the cheese may be infinite, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I guess we've established that you're, a, you're, you know, you're okay with working by yourself. Um, I am, yes. So perhaps, yeah. perhaps it's okay to live on a desert island by yourself, but... Mm, I mean, I, uh, what's the what's the Wi-Fi situation like on this desert island? We're going to assume not very good. We're, We're assuming, assuming not, not great. great. Yeah, yeah. No, you as, you as get a luxury item later, so it could be like a little satellite satellite internet connection. Yeah, if you want satellite radio. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely um, would very much miss uh, interacting with people. Right. One, one really good thing that's come out of the lockdown for me is uh, it's a group of friends who I went to university with, um, who randomly uh, decided they're called bots. Um, and um, we would, before lockdown, we'd meet up maybe once a month, once a week, two months, somewhere in that, that range. And now we meet up every Thursday night and we um, play a bunch of different games over Zoom and it's it's been great um and i do miss socializing with my uh with my workmates uh i was well i still am technically part of the social committee at my hedge fund and we would organize a whole bunch of social events so anyway being by myself would probably drive me crazy um (laughs) without any way of contacting people at all. Also, um, my coordination skills are not the best. So I think uh, learning to fish is probably gonna be a pretty slow slow process. So I hope, mm. hope I brought a lot of cheese. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe you had, I don't know, maybe there's coconuts or, or some sort of fruit on the desert island. Yeah. Pineapple's oh, my it's favorite It's a classic fruit. desert island, you know, with a- yeah, a with a single tree that yeah. with infinite coconuts on that tree. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think, I yeah. think there might be fruit and berries and stuff on this island as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. good. Um, maybe maybe I'll become a vegetarian. Um, although you which know, one of your goals? Uh, isn't it? Um, well, no, half, half that would never yeah. be one of my goals. But <laughs> one of my goals uh, last year was to be vegetarian one uh, day a week, and my goal this year is to be a vegetarian two days a week. So, and that's going fine. So five and, years' time, you'll be... Yeah, I'll be ready to go on a desert island <laughs> and just eat fruit and nuts and mm. cheese. And I, I have a friend who is strictly vegetarian and would um, have me point out that Parmesan is not vegetarian. 
because uh, if it, if you can call it parmesan, then it must have animal rennet in it, and that means it's not vegetarian. And I don't actually know what rennet is, but I feel it's okay not knowing. And it's going to make me enjoy the cheese more by not knowing what it is. In which case, so, I, won't, I won't repeat what I just said. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't hear. So, <laughs> it's going to go yeah, ahead, not know. But anyway, I don't think I even came close to answering your. No, the question was how it would go. So plan is the plan is to become vegetarian, try and survive on the island. I mean, maybe I'd try to learn to fish. Uh, or just hope head? that a lot of fish died very close to the island anyway. <laughs> of, like things that aren't too... I don't think yeah, that wouldn't, wouldn't then fish. kill me. Yeah. Yeah, just of uh, young, old age. Something like that. <laughs> okay. but, um, uh, but yes, I'd probably become vegetarian and, and yeah, go completely insane and uh, start talking to a basketball. Yeah. I assume there's a yeah. basketball. Probably. I mean, what kind of desert island doesn't have a basketball on it? Yeah. What is Wilson? Is Wilson a volleyball? Wilson is a volleyball. Wilson is a volleyball. Okay. Yeah. I haven't it's actually seen film. <laughs> Set in Memphis, the start and end, because he's oh, a FedEx guy. Oh, and cool. FedEx is based in Memphis. Or Memphis fact there. Nice. That's a good Memphis fact. And uh, yeah, I imagine for the first time in my life, I might get a tan. Yeah. Yeah. So there's an advantage. Yeah. <laughs> that's more likely but maybe after two years of being sunburned then i'll have a tank or just literally turn to leather i feel that's what would happen to me yeah i think that's more likely so final cheese mm-hmm. what's your final cheese so my final cheese is comte it's not a million miles away from the gruyere but no very different tasting i would say yes agreed looks similar yeah I'd say, like, at least great I've got, it's like a bit more complex tasting. Like, Gruyere is very mm-hmm. much just like. Yeah, that's the cheese I've gotten into in the last couple of years. Didn't really know about it more than two years ago. And so, what's made you choose it for this? Really, uh, I've come to like it a lot. What's, what's made you choose it for this board? What? Um, I don't know exactly. I just. Uh, just like it a lot. I like it a lot, yeah. <laughs> just that's really. Like the reason is only. It's my cheddar replacement. Mm. I kind of consider. So I thought if, if I've got, if I'm just naming Stilton Parmesan, Gruyere, and cheddar, then that's really quite basic. And you know, I've got to seem like I know what I'm talking about. So one level up from cheddar is Comte. So I kind of consider it French. I consider it French cheddar. Yeah, that makes sense. When you're in France, you have it in sandwiches, like you'd have cheddar mm-hmm. in sandwiches. I've spent more time in France in the last couple of years than I did before, really. Mm-hmm. Um, as I say, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm kind of occasionally into Magic the Gathering. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing that I uh, decided to do uh, a couple of years ago, uh, three years ago now, I think, was um, start going to Magic the Gathering tournaments. They have mm-hmm. um, these <clears throat> week-long tournaments, which are ridiculously called Grand Prix. Um, <laughs> in various cities across the world and I decided to go to as many of the ones I could in Europe go experience the city play some cards and just have some fun and a lot of them have been in France so that's increased my exposure to commentary and, cool. uh, imagine, the, imagine the gathering com, Grand Prix are they very serious or is it like they open mm-hmm. anyone can enter or is it <clears throat> absolutely anyone can enter mm-hmm. Um, different people take it different levels of seriously. The the first one I went to um, was in, I think it was Amsterdam, um, and it was a team Magic the Gathering tournament, and that's played with teams of three, and I decided to persuade two of my workmates to uh, come along with me, um, <laughs> Jacob and Tomash, and Jacob really took to it and started taking it very seriously and like would spend his waking hours playing Magic the Gathering online in order to try and get better and to be fair he did get very good at it um reached the uh the, the big dance of uh, the Magic the Gathering uh, tournament scene which is called the Pro Tour and oh, wow. uh, didn't like, do great at the Pro Tour but still actually showing up is is awesome um, does that mean does that mean he went professional for a year or two or uh no no, okay. no. Oh, yeah. He didn't quite reach that level, but it's still um, impressive. Super impressive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. He uh, 
he made it to the biggest tournament there is. That's pretty good. Mm. Uh, I, on the other hand, so on the Sunday afternoon, um, we, we both by that point would have been knocked out of the tournament. The way it works is that it's a two-day tournament on the Saturday and the Sunday, um, and um, there are eight rounds on the Saturday, and you have to win at least six of them in order to qualify for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of my goals that year was to reach the second round, uh, day on at least one, and that goal was not achieved. I've never done that. Um, he's done it quite a few times, but by the Sunday afternoon, he'd be knocked out as well. But okay. generally on the Sunday afternoon, I would be um, exploring the city and and seeing what it's like, uh, whereas he would be practicing by playing uh, other side tournaments at the time. So, and we both really enjoyed going to the tournaments. So, it's just different ways of looking at life, you know. Yeah, so it's big in France, though. You say? Well, fairly big. Yeah, uh, there, there were. There, I think I've been to four or five tournaments in France. Quite a few in Italy. As soon as I saw there was one in Italy, I was just like, right, I'm going. Go there. And it's pretty big in England, isn't it? It's fairly big, yeah. I think, I, think yeah. I know. I know quite a lot of people who play. Yeah. Um, it's huge in the States and Japan. They're the, they're the two countries where it's biggest. So. Okay. It's a lot of fun. I guess it's something I'm just completely... It's never, never kind of... I've never come across it really before. Never entered except, your radar. Except, except occasionally when, like, the most expensive card ever is bought. Because it is something where people right. spend huge amounts of money on like really yeah. rare things, isn't it? But um, I, I do have a two hundred pound piece of cardboard. Really, like, <laughs> that that big again doesn't really translate over the podcast, but uh, like card so, size, r- roughly card, card. size. Yeah. Do you, do you actually use that? Uh, is that the kind of thing that lives in a box? Oh no, it's it's to play with. Okay, cool. It's yeah, called Jace the Mind Sculptor. Mm-hmm. What's that? Is that card? Surely you've got to use it. Yeah, no, I mean, the reason yeah. I, I would never buy a magic card as an investment because I think like the whole thing could just disappear any day. Um, although, you know, I feel the same about Bitcoin had I bought that 10 years ago. Uh, Did you? Things would be different. Actually, 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah I remember. I mean, I also, we both, we've had this conversation before, me and Max. Yeah. I was watching yeah. Bitcoin in 2011 when it was like $1, $2. Yeah. I was like, that's stupid. Clearly, this is stupid. Yeah, I wish I'd still. You I could mean, have bought ten. Wrong. I could have bought ten. It cost me yeah. ten pounds. Yeah, damn it. Oh, well, ten pounds in two thousand eleven would have been. Yeah, you know, I'd have noticed that I spent it, but still, like, would have been worth it. Although, knowing yeah. me, I would have lost the Bitcoin by now. I'd oh, have yeah, thrown no, away I, the computer. I'd be that guy like trying to through a landfill in uh, Wales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I also know that I would have sold it when it was worth one hundred or two hundred or five hundred. I would not wait yes. until it was worth 40000 Yeah. So I had I still had it when it was worth 100 I probably would have sold it then. Um, but, yeah, there's no way that I'd have made my millions. But, uh, yeah. You can still dream of some ludicrous scenario. <laughs> um, but even such a ludicrous scenario doesn't really work for magic cards. Right? There's, there's a magic card that's worth, I think, in the hundreds of thousands. Mm. Um, and mostly it's unplayable. It's a, it's a, the, there are different formats um, based on which cards are legal. Um, oh, okay. So it's and, too powerful for some tournaments or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Most of the cards that are really old uh, and worth a lot of money are just playable in only a few tournaments a year. Um, so Special ones for those people to kind of... I yeah, see, see I think it's. I think most of the people who own the cards got them when they were cheap. There aren't many people who yeah, bought sure. them at this price in order to play in tournaments. That seems crazy. But, you know, uh, I'm, uh, I'm not one to judge. About Bitcoin, to be honest, I don't yeah. think it's actually worth that. I think it's just you know. Yeah, I've I've heard people make arguments about how it's worth a certain. There's a certain worth to it due to like it's. Uh, Ability to be used in the legal transactions and things, but I, I, yeah, I have no idea. Um, to me, it just seems like you. Are, it, it's more gambling than many other kinds of transactions are, yeah. and uh, my risk appetite is pretty low, to be honest. Um, cool. Okay. Um, questions. So, 
Yeah, on Desert Island Discs, you get one luxury item. Great. I've not listened to it. Um, on Desert Island Cheese, you can also have one item. What's your luxury item? Hmm. Thinking. Um, I love cooking things sous vide. I'm a big fan of sous vide cooking. Um, but in this desert island scenario, I'm not sure how much meat I'm going to have available. You um, might be able to hunt down some boar or yeah, maybe or squirrels. Fish. Yeah, yeah or fish indeed. But both good things to uh, to um, sous vide. Um, but let's 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 move off that for the moment. Have you ever tried um, too many vegetables on a different on a slight actually, Yes, uh, carrots. I've never made, I've never made it work. Carrots are great sous vide. Um, they really... they basically it seals in all the flavour, so they taste like raw carrots, but they without like without the crunch. They just feel like cooked carrots, but with so much taste. So strongly recommend trying sous vide carrots, presumably on quite a high temperature. Yeah, yeah, like super high. It's after you've cooked everything else, or right, right. actually before you cook everything else, if you're going to keep it in the sous vide machine afterwards. Um, but yeah, so uh, carrots and eggs also good. Although you don't you don't vacuum seal them, you just put them in, and then basically you get a poached egg that's inside the egg. You crack it, and uh, you've got a poached egg right there, okay. which looks like magic. And it doesn't get overcooked because that's mm. how sous vide works. But anyway, we're not the sous vide advertising show; we're the cheese show. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm really into comfort, so my, my first thought is I might just want a really plush sofa on my desert island, or a bed. Yeah, maybe a bed. Yeah, really sofas like sofa works as both. Like True. you can lie on it, and also you can sit up on it, and it's got cushions. Mm. Yeah. You know, if I if I if I have a bed, I'm going to need a headboard and things so I can sit up. But I guess maybe in this scenario, asking for a headboard's not that much, given it's supposed to be a luxury item. I think that's like it comes with one one thing. But yeah, sofa's yeah. sofa's a good answer, I think. Yeah, yeah. So um, just 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 having a quick scan through my mind of, of anything I might need before the sofa. Um, Done better than this on me. I panicked and said cheese knife. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> now you can just rip it with your fingers. Yeah. The Tunworth is a bit messy, probably, but still. Especially with a sticky ride. Um, yep, done. Couch. So I guess our, our kind of our, our final question for everyone, to everyone is um on your on your on your desert island, you're having a cheese party. Mm -hmm. What famous Oops. person from history, dead or alive, would you most like at your Cheese party on my desert island. Ooh. Okay, interesting. Obviously, if it wasn't famous, I'd probably choose my girlfriend. But since uh, since we're going with famous, I mean, you're going to be there a long time, so conversation's really important. Yep, definitely true. But they're only there for yeah. the party, so. Oh, they're just there for the party, they're and just then there they're the leaving. Party. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Really, I'm just stopping in, not saving you, and then leaving straight away. <laughs> yeah. Typical. Typical celebrities. I should have prepared for this. If I'd listened to a whole podcast episode by now, I'd have known about that. <laughs> I mean, still, still, I'm, I'm in for the conversation, even if it's just over the cheese. Uh, so, I want someone who's seen a lot and reasonably intelligent. Mm -hmm. but not not socially not awkward yeah Attenborough maybe that's a good answer which one uh, David obviously. David <laughs> I mean they're, they're all good oh, they would all be good they would all be good yeah that's um, a solid choice yeah no good yeah. choice yeah I feel I feel comfortable with that he has but, seen an awful lot yeah yeah no he'd be super interesting to talk to and also I think he would know a lot about which uh animals and berries. On That's true. Island. He could point yeah. out some yeah. things that are poisonous. Good, and, give you a good yeah. tip. Give you a good yeah. tip. Voice saver on uh, natural wildlife around you. Mm. Yeah. Maybe, in fact, I should have invited Bear Grylls because he could teach me a thing or two. That seems sensible. But, no, no. Too late. Too late. Too late. Adam Yeah. He probably knows a thing or two about survival. I think he'd be okay. That's true. Yeah. That's a good... Yeah. That's a good... It's a good... Yeah. 
safe, safe answer and yeah. interesting answer. Um, yeah. I was thinking about Judy Dench because she's just awesome. I mean, Judy Dench would be cool too. Yeah, I'm a big fan of theatre and uh, she's great. Mm. I've never seen I've her. Never, so. No, I was going to say I've never seen her in anything. Yeah. Other than James Bond and films. But. Yeah, yeah, I've seen her in movies. <laughs> and uh, did you watch um, the TV show with uh, David Tennant and Martin, Michael Sheen? Um, uh, good Omens? Rehearsing for a play? No, not Good Omens. No, that's not my it was, a, it was what they made after Good Omens. It's, it's the two of them. It, it's basically like The Trip, but with David Tennant and Martin Sheen in lockdown. Um, oh, and cool. they're trying to rehearse a play together over Zoom. Um, and uh, lots of celebrities turn up just for uh, small sections. And nice. um, the person we were just talking about, my memory is terrible. Judy uh, Dent. And <laughs> okay, we'll, 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 we'll sideline that bit. And uh, Judy Dent uh, shows up and just kicks ass at one point, and it's amazing. I, I strongly recommend watching it, but I can't remember what it's called. It's called Staged. Staged. Yes. Staged. Cool. Thank you, David. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I've a little bit late. Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I guess, thank, thank you very much for coming on the show. Is that enough material? I think that's, yeah. Thanks. Loads of material. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good. We kind of cut so it out of cheese now. So. Yeah, um, sounds good. Um, but yeah, no, thank you very much. Um, it's been good, good talking to you. And uh, bye to everyone. Listening to Dazai and Cheese. <laughs>